This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first... Take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Merseyside derby and a big injury for Virgil van Dyke, which could change the course of the league season. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. This week's guest, Dave, is going to raise the IQ level on the show higher than it's ever been. Um, even higher than when we had the San Diego Chicken? Even higher than Tommy <laughs> Chong. Which, you know, this is, uh, he is known as the bad astronomer. Which is the name of his blog and book, and, and he also wrote and co-hosted a show, or hosted a show called uh, Crash Course Astronomy, and he, basically, if you're on the internet, you've seen him. He's everywhere. We love him, because he's also one of the world's foremost skeptics and debunkers, and we're very excited to have to this show. Coming live from his Colorado mountain lair, please welcome Phil Plate. How are you, Phil? Hi, thanks for having me on. You know, and we can start right away by debunking uh, the idea of IQ, if you like. <laughs> oh, what? Um, actually, yeah. I... Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I'm not a psychologist, oh, okay. but uh, I, I know that it's it's a flawed representation of intelligence. Yeah, I know that it's much. a bunch of crap is what you're saying. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, we're smarter already by knowing that. There, there we go. go. Now, I, you, do, you debunk important things. Those usually are a little too scientific for my little pea brain to understand. But I'm a writer, so I get a kick out of your debunking of phrases. So let's start with an easy one. Why should people never talk about a meteoric rise? <laughs> um, yeah. The, the idea that some phrases are scientifically uh, questionable. I, I, I wouldn't say that um, you shouldn't use them. It's just that it, 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 I don't want to say it irks me. It used to irk me. I'm a lot, I'm more easygoing now than I was 20 years ago when I was just raging all the time about stuff. Um, <laughs> this is bullshit. I, I learned, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I learned to focus yeah. on stuff that actually is, you know, killing people like climate change well, and anti-vaxxers and stuff like that. Um, but in fact, you know, there, there are phrases we use that, uh, they, they worm their way into our brains. And I think, I, I think it, it can, it, the individual phrases may not make that much of a difference, but I think in general, taken as a whole, um, they change the way we think about things and meteoric rise is a good one. Meteors don't rise, right? <laughs> right. They fall. That's the whole point. Um, <laughs> that's uh, why they're a meteor. You never see <laughs> yeah. That's great. I love that. And they can, they can appear to rise, um, which is sort of a, I wouldn't say it's an illusion. It's more of a perspective effect. If one is coming from over the horizon, it can appear to, and, and then come overhead, it can appear to be rising, but that it's really actually physically falling towards the earth. That's what they are. We're talking about little bits of rock or metal um, from asteroids and comets uh, that's orbiting the sun and their orbit intersects the earth. And at some point they and the earth occupy the same space at the same time, basically. Uh, and there's a collision. These things burn up in our atmosphere, roughly a hundred kilometers up 60 miles above the earth's surface and they're falling. And so to say a meteoric rise, yeah, that's a stupid, you know, it, 
it's one of these phrases like, well, you get what it means, right? A meteor yeah. starts off invisible, it gets really, really bright, and then fades away. And the idea of meteoric rise is something that, that sort of happens very rapidly. It's very flashy, gets brighter. Um, and then you can even extrapolate and say, and, you know, and then it fades away and burns up and, and you know, falls, falls to the earth, plop. Um, but in fact, it's just, you know, it's just one of those ones where it just makes me a little uncomfortable because it's not it's it's not describing the thing it's supposed to be describing. Right. Exactly. You know, speaking of asteroids, uh, I said we watched your TED talk. We've been actually it's been all Dr. Plate yeah. all week. All, for us. Oh, all uh, the time. Which yeah. TED talk was that? Do yeah. you mean uh, it was the it was? Yeah, it was the one that I needed two ambience to go to sleep <laughs> afterwards when you uh, that would be the asteroid. Impact yes, on, right? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. 1908 burning up Russia asteroid. Right. <laughs> uh, can you also tell that story or not the whole TED talk, but and scare the crap out of all of our listeners like you did to me and Rick? Well, yeah, this um, that was a, a, a TEDx Boulder talk um that i gave i don't even remember how long ago it was now a few years back and it got picked up by the main ted folks and and i was pretty excited about that the um the idea is that uh asteroid impacts happen and we know this we have craters on the earth from asteroid and comet impacts uh the moon is look at the moon through a telescope and it's it's just littered there uncountable numbers of craters on the moon and these are all from impacts uh, on Earth, you don't see as many because there's erosion, right? The, the the air, water, even even continental drift, tectonic activity over hundreds of millions of years erases these craters. But we've been hit a lot, uh, and so I in the TED talk I mention you know mention I talk about the uh, the dinosaur killer, and that was an asteroid impact, something ten kilometers, six miles across. 66 million years ago that slammed into the roughly the Gulf of Mexico, just off the coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, blasted a crater 200 kilometers wide, 120 miles wide, oh. uh, and, and dwarfed all of the atomic bombs. He took every nuclear weapon on Earth and detonated them in one spot. It would it would be a fraction of the energy this thing released. I think I got the number wrong in my TED talk, and that was upsetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it still bugs uh, you today. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I made two two errors, neither of which were critical. Um, I got the date wrong on something else. It just I misspoke while I was up there. I hate that. But anyway, you know the, that doesn't take away from the fact that these things are real. Um, uh, something blew up over Siberia in 1908, which is now called the Tunguska Impact. It happened near the, in the Tunguska River near or Tunguska region in uh, in in Siberia. Um, that detonated like a 15 to 20 megaton bomb. Several. Uh, miles above the Earth's surface and cr created a lot of devastation. And there's Meteor Crater in Arizona, roughly the same um, megatonnage, and, but this thing hit the ground and exploded and uh, created a lot of damage. That was 50,000 years ago. But the one is, So I talk the, about the, all that, the, and then I talk yeah. about um, what we can do to prevent these things, which is something we can do. We have to find them, we have to track them, and we're doing that, we're getting better at that. But then you gotta figure out what to do about them, and that's a matter of some controversy. Okay, now well, you, the, well, the, one, are, the one that you're talking about in Russia, though, the thing that that made me lose my sleep is that one didn't even hit the earth. That was just right. near the earth, right? In the neighborhood of the earth. It, it, well, it, it it was officially an impact. I mean, it's it's not that it it just missed us or something like that. It burned up in our atmosphere and then exploded. It's unclear. It, uh, 
I don't know the height. I was going to say it's unclear what the height was, and I can't say that. It may be known. I just don't know it. Okay. Um, but it was only some miles up. It wasn't like out in space, and it wasn't like it hit the ground. Um, but it was lower, for example, I would expect, than most meteors burn up. The the um, As another example about Russia, Russia gets hit a lot. Um, it's a big country. Uh, it uh, in, in 2015... 2015, right? Yeah. The Chelyabinsk impact, that was a, a rock roughly 20 meters across, 60 feet, something like that, blowing up in our atmosphere. But it, it's a huge detonation and you get a shock wave, which then hits the ground. And in this case, that shattered windows over this this big city of a million people and, and hurt a lot of folks because of flying glass, basically. But that was a small rock. The Tunguska impact was probably something more like... 30 to 50 meters across. So it, it doesn't sound that much bigger, but it, it, we're talking volume, which increases rapidly with diameter. So something twice the diameter has, has eight times the volume, eight times the mass. So it has that much more oomph. And when that thing blew up, yeah, it did a lot of damage. Uh, you know, we should probably ask you this. Uh, if we blow up this planet somehow and, is there another planet we can go or if the election doesn't go our way? Is there some, you know, can, is, do you have vacation plans to another planet? Are there brochures? Where can we go? Oh, dare to dream. Um, <laughs> no, 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 there's no place. That's to go. not the right answer. Yeah, uh, that is not really the right... something in a Venus. No, or something? the right answer. No? Sorry. <laughs> it's not the answer you want. Oh, but yeah. No. Um, we first of all, uh, we don't know of any other places to go. There may be billions of Earth-like right. planets in the galaxy, um, but we can't get to them. They're too far away. They're, they're trillions of miles away. Um, and and Mars and Venus, okay, Mars is maybe more Earth-like than Venus is, but we still can't get there easily. And it's not a place you want to raise your kid from yeah. what I've heard. I've uh, seen the movies. Uh, I, yeah, I I, yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, uh, there's not a whole lot we can do. Now, the good news here is that um, like anything else in nature, there's a lot of little things and very few big things. So these, these big impacts like the dinosaur killer, and there were, there were bigger ones farther in the past, much much bigger ones, actually terrifyingly much larger, bigger ones. Um, You're a lot of fun they, at parties, aren't you, Phil? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we know that something the size of a planet like Mars hit the Earth and formed the moon. We're not, not 100% sure exactly how this happened. There's still argument about details, but it happened. Um, and so that was, you know, if that happened today, that would sterilize the planet. There wouldn't even be bacteria left. So... Uh, that would be bad. Um, <laughs> Hold on. But the let's, isolate that, that, let's isolate that for our, our blurb. That would be bad. Yes, you're that right. would be bad. Um, uh, uh, copyright Phil Play 2020. The, um, it's, but something like that. I mean, the last time that happened was four and a half billion years ago, right? That doesn't happen very often. And the, so the bigger impacts are very rare. Um, we haven't seen a meteor crater sized impact on Earth to, that we know of um, for quite some time. And uh, the Tunguska style impacts don't happen, but every century or two, few centuries and the Chelyabinsk one, which was smaller, those happen more often, probably on a, you know, a decades time scale, 20, 30 years, something like that. But even then, most of the planet is ocean. There's also the Arctic and the Antarctic. And there are a lot of places that are just very remote, not that many people living there. Um, so they're not 
they're not like civilization killers. That's rare for something like that to well, happen. That's good. <laughs> but they do happen, and it's something we should be aware of. And that's what I was saying. There, there are these ideas like slam them with a, a spacecraft early on, yeah. uh, 20 years before they're going to impact us, and that'll push them out of the way. Um, and there are issues with this. It's not easy to do, and space agencies are testing it. Where There's a mission right now being designed, uh, being built to go to an asteroid, and um, this asteroid... Mm, it's called Didymos, and I can't remember how big it is, but it's got a little moon, a little asteroid orbiting it. And the probe is going to smack into that moon, and um, that way they can measure exactly how much it, it moves. They'll have, it, the probe splits into two pieces. One's going to orbit the asteroid to watch it. The other one's going to hit the moon, and then the watcher will basically be able to tell how much that thing got, got moved by the impact. Um, so, you know, that's good that we're learning how to do this. Um, there are other methods, too, that are complicated and, and, and subtle, um, but the question is, you know, are we really going to fund this and research it and do it right? Well, I did this in high school playing asteroids on the, yeah. uh, the, the, yeah. I was DFS. Yeah. So you, know, you probably, I, was, I, I could like eight, 800,000 points on this. I could do this. I could be the <laughs> asteroid killer guy. Uh, you know, that's uh, pretty good. <laughs> Phil, you're, you're probably the only guest that we've ever had on the show that will answer this question that I'm about to ask you different, differently. Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So, um, what is your favorite planet, Phil? Earth. Okay, okay. good. See, I'm biased. Okay, you you are the first person that has not guessed Uranus. Right? Yeah, has not said Uranus. Every comedian we've ever had on, no matter what, there's always a Uranus joke, and and I knew that a scientist would not make one. If they make a Uranus joke, are they really comedians? Um, (laughs) Well, there's the skeptic going. I like that. I like that. I like that very much. It's that whole thing is funny to me because there's there's no reason to call it uranus that's not how it's pronounced it's it's named it, it, the name is actually greek and if you if you pronounce it the way it's spelled in greek it would be uranus um which is kind of cool i kind of like that it's, it's cool but it's, but it's not, not as funny as uranus not, i'm sorry it's very edgar rice burroughs <laughs> well i guess but in in most astronomers that you talk to now who study it pronounce it uranus which is better yeah. Um, but in fact, if you think about it, you know, Uranus is a noun. If you're speaking about Uranus, right. Um, Uranus is an adjective. Like you walk into a bathroom and go, mm, smells Uranus. So, so that's a good. whole lot better. That's good, too. All right. Uh, you know, we're living in a crazy time. I don't know if you've noticed in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I think you guys get the Internet there. There's conspiracy theories everywhere. And many of them yes. involve science and especially the coronavirus, which what you want is a worldwide pandemic and people to question the, you know, the viability of it. Right. What have you heard lately or or recently that you just want to take the opportunity to debunk to our listeners some ridiculous thing that you've heard about coronavirus or really anything? What have you? What's uh, the latest conspiracy <laughs> driving you yeah. crazy? Um, you know, if, just to preface this, whenever anything like this happens in human history, there are always going to be conspiracy theories. There were conspiracy theories yeah. about uh, the 1918 flu. I mean, and and we call it the Spanish flu and there's decent evidence. It, it actually started in the U.S. Right. In Kansas, um, and, I believe. And yeah. And, and I, I don't you know that this may be wrong. I, I may be, I'm speaking out of my field, so I, I don't know. But I've read some interesting articles about it. I don't know what the definitive thing is, but to call it the Spanish flu is ridiculous. It didn't come from Spain um, and, and it, it came 
it, it, at best, it, there were other European countries that, that, that were infected first. And it was just like, well, we'll call it that because we, we heard about it going on there and, and they're not going to object to it or something like that. And it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. And now, now, you know, there are certain forces here who call this, uh, the coronavirus, the China virus. And that's just, right. that's just, it's just racist. It's just saying, it's just trying to blame this country and it, uh, for this virus. And it's like, this could have come from anywhere. It's ridiculous to call it that. Um, but to debunk this stuff, I mean, there's this idea that, that the new 5g cell phone yeah. towers are causing right. it. Yeah. And it's like, how, how does, how does microwave energy make a virus? Where's the, you know, what are the steps from, from, from point A to point Z there? Uh, and, and a lot of these things, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories have one of the reasons they, well, one of the reasons they used to get popular is that there is some tenuous relationship with reality. The idea that uh, uh, the moon landings were faked, for example, they can show you pictures and, and, and you look at the pictures and you go, huh, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, how is it, you know, we went from launching the, blowing up these rockets again and again, just suddenly having this rocket that worked. And, and, and it turns out the answer is, well, you know, we got better at right. building them. Right. And, and the photographs you're looking at, you're misinterpreting them. They're, they're these, and, and, the way a lot of things work in real life don't go the way you expect. And you take pictures on the moon, even on earth. And the way you take a picture, isn't the way you see things. It's different. As soon as you take a picture, you're changing the way uh, you're interpreting the, the scene in front of you perspective gets screwed up. And so that that's a way of, of, of getting these conspiracy theories, giving them legs. And then the other, the other flip side of that is that there are con artists out there who are doing this on purpose, who don't tell you all the information you need. Right. And so they, they, they give you 90%. They get you most of the way to the answer, hold back, a, you know, the, the, the actual vital information that explains why it's wrong, why the conspiracy theory is wrong. And what you're left with is something that makes you go, huh? And, and enough of that, enough of this, uh, uh, circumstantial evidence in a human brain is proof. That's the problem with our brains. It's like, you know, an infinite amount of circ circumstantial evidence is not proof, but uh, it, it just gets to the point where your brain kind of just makes that leap and goes, well, this sounds, sounds right to me. And so with the coronavirus, we're getting tons of that, that it was manufactured in a Chinese lab. And we know that's not possible. Every epidemiologist, every virologist out there is like, no, we can tell when these things are, are, are manufactured. We can tell when they're not. And we, we have, you know, we have an understanding of where this comes from. Uh, and, and so basically you know, all of this stuff. And the, the one that's getting me now, oh my God, <laughs> is that we need herd immunity for this thing. Oh my like, God. No, no oh is my it, God, no. Isn't it herd mentality? <laughs> it's not immunity, it's a mentality. Uh, right? well, no, herd mentality is, is, is the problem behind <laughs> yeah, right. this idea. Um, you know, our, our leader has said this, therefore it must be right. And let me debunk that conspiracy theory. Everything Trump says is wrong. Okay. All right. Now um, listen, we're both members what? of QAnon. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you know, you're okay. on QAnon talk, right? Oh, look, I have to go clean my fingernails. Sorry guys. Um, no, it's, um, it, this idea of, of herd immunity. And as soon as I read that, I like, well, well, that can't possibly be what anybody is really promoting. Oh. That was like, the first nanosecond in my brain. And then the rest of my brain said, dude, yeah. 
moon hoax, UFOs, ghosts, just people believe all this stuff that has no, no real evidence or the evidence is faulty, whatever. I don't mean to denigrate people who believe in UFOs and ghosts and stuff like that. The, the point I'm trying to make is that these conspiracy theories are just, are, are sort of self-propagating, disconnected from reality, interconnected webs that, that, that um, don't actually represent what's going on. And herd immunity, for example, let's look at, say, something like measles. Um, measles is an incredibly uh, communicative disease. Uh, it, it, if, if somebody gets measles, they're going to spread it. Um, we have a vaccine against it. it. It it basically trains your immune system to kill uh, 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 varicella. Is that the name of the... Uh, the, the agent, but anyway, it basically trains your body to fight off the, the, the factor that gives you measles. Um, and so if you actually get, uh, a dose of, of the infectious agent, your body says, ah, I recognize this, this is bad. Going to kill it. If you have a vaccine that does that, um, that's great. Um, because then that means, you know, the person, person inoculated won't get the disease. The problem is you can't inoculate everybody. That's almost impossible. Mm, right. However, if you inoculate enough people, and it's typically up in the high 90s percentage wise, um, enough people cannot get the disease that the virus or bacterium doesn't have a host. There's no place for it to live. The odds of it finding that one person out of a hundred or whatever um, is very low. And so it basically stops the disease in its track. And so you get a herd of people that are immune to it and they protect the ones who aren't. Mm -hmm. And mind you, 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 you literally cannot inoculate everybody because some people have allergies to the way to, to things in the vaccine. You can't reach everybody. Some people are immunocompromised and don't react as well uh, to, to vaccines. They're, they're still, they're still um, able to, um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? There, there, there's still it's still possible for them to get it to get the disease. So you you got to protect these people, and the way you do that is through this herd immunity. But you have to a have a vaccine for this thing, and and it, well, that's that's it. You have to have a vaccine to get herd immunity, um, or or uh, actually there is a B, which is not the greatest alternative, and that is you have to let the disease run its course, and everybody who's going to die is going to die. Right, and which, then which seems people... to be the plan right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, and 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 have no doubt that is precisely what Trump is saying. That is the yeah. White House plan. Yeah. We're going to let this thing run its course. We're going to let millions of Americans die because if three hundred million people get it, and um. Well, maybe not millions of people will die, but if, if, if the, if the fatality rate is one out of a thousand, that means 300,000 people are going to die. We're already well on our way to that. Right. Uh, you know, we're two thirds of the way to that now. Um, but you, that's basically what he's saying. We're just going to let hundreds of thousands of Americans die. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, it's not just the fatality. This thing causes, um, all kinds of respiratory issues, yeah. all kinds of, of physical issues. Um, there are, pardon me, COVID long haulers, people who have not necessarily debilitating effects, although some of them are, but it, it just lasts for months and months. I have a, a friend who's a COVID long hauler. She's got, she got the disease in February and she's still having issues yeah. with it. So this is what we're talking about. And it's going to cost us trillions of dollars in, in, in loss of work, in loss of life, in, uh, in all these other problems. It's just, it's, 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 it's as if they said, well, we're going to go door to door and just shoot one out of every hundred people in the yeah. head. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's almost literally saying that same thing it, that the effect is going to be well, one out of a thousand people, same sort of thing. So it's it's I don't want to say nuts. I, I don't want to oh, be ableist, and, yeah, but it, it's 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 uh, it, it's just madness <laughs> to to promote this as an actual idea. Yeah, well, well, uh, so I, so there again. Are you, you sure? You wanted to get me excited. <laughs> are you <laughs> sure yeah. there's not a planet we can go to somewhere? Please? I know, but there's uh, got to be. I know. Uh, let's talk about pulp pop culture for just a second. Um, sure, I, I could tell by what you know that you probably have consumed quite a bit of science fiction in your day. What? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and one thing that always bothered me was on the Jetsons when George would give money to. Oh, they wouldn't be using money then, right? <laughs> There'd be some sort of, you know, electronic wallet. But what? He's walking around. There's no atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, come on. But what are some notorious examples of science fiction based on just ridiculously, absolutely wrong premises? And I would venture to say maybe most. I don't know. But what what gets in your craw? I mean, what, what do you really get pissed about? Uh, so much. Um <laughs> Actually, about the Jetsons, that's a good call. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hardly ever use cash now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I live in Colorado. Like the only strictly cash industry is pot right? here is is marijuana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they don't they don't take credit cards, and that's typically. I, and the reason that that is because um, because it's illegal federally. Right. Um, federally insured banks can't take money. Uh, you know, can't, can't, can't take, uh, extend lines of credit to, um, or not lines of credit, but can't allow, uh, pot shops, weed shops, I suppose, pot. Apparently if you use the word pot, it makes you sound old. Um, uh, well, so, so there you go. We are, um, we are old Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah. Grass. Yeah. Man. Mary, Mary dude, Jane, baby. Right. Um, so yeah, so they can't, they can't take credit cards because they can't get insurance because of the federal law against it. So, um, anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, and of course it's, the, uh, the really sexist part of that is where he pulls a few bucks out of his wallet and then Jane takes the wallet. Oh, I know. That's yeah. And goes shopping. It's yeah. like, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. But what about like but, Star Trek or something that just, no, 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 no. no. Hang on. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, wow. You, you, you have you guys lit the fire under me. You're gonna, you're gonna we'll be back in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go for right. it. Well, with the, um, with the Jetsons, um, I blame the Jetsons for putting this idea in everybody's head that we should have flying cars. All right. Um, uh, it's like, look around you. It would right? be the, the most How many people are, are good drivers? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. How many people are paying attention? You know, when it's two dimensions, <laughs> add, adding the three dimensions is, is makes it vastly harder <laughs> to pay attention to what's what's going on around you. Um, the idea of flying cars terrifies me. And uh, even even with AI. So uh, curse you, the Jetsons. Yeah, um, exactly. Fist in the air. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, in science fiction, um, I, I it, honestly, um, a lot of it I'm okay with if it, if it services the story, that's, that's a change in my attitude over the past 20 or 30 years where I used to complain about all the science in these movies that was wrong. And it's like, yeah, but if, if the science were right, you wouldn't have a movie or it'd be a really boring right. movie. You know, we're going to go to Mars. So, you know, nine months later, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're there. That makes for a dull movie. Um, but in fact, uh, and and you, you, sounds in space, you know, dog fights in space don't don't work the way almost any, you know, nothing in Star Wars makes any sense scientifically. Ba Battlestar Galactica had pretty decent um, 
the remake had pretty decent ideas about how to do dog fights. And they didn't, for example, they never used lasers and no, no energy weapons. It was all missiles and guns, which makes more sense. It's getting a laser that's powerful enough to penetrate uh, a spaceship, which, you know, spaceships are moving fast. They have to be armored against little bits of, of stuff that's out there. Like basically they're basically, you know, turn into meteors when they burn in, burn up in our atmosphere, but they hit a spaceship, they're going to destroy it. So these things have to be armored. A laser's never going to penetrate that. The best you can do is maybe blind the other pilot with a laser, which, you know, oh, it's effective, that'd but be good. not that, not hugely useful <laughs> in a dogfight because um, it's hard to do. So there's, there's lots of stuff like that. But I think one of the, one of it, and again, this, I'm going to harken back to what I said earlier, that a lot of these conspiracy theories sort of erode our ability to critically think about an issue because just the way our brains work, if you give somebody enough circumstantial evidence, they'll, they'll be convinced, even if something isn't real. Uh, and so you, you get these, these little tiny, you know, little tiny snowflakes of bad ideas that build up eventually to be a big snowfall. And one of the ideas about this with science fiction in, in maybe, and it's just an idea I have, is scale. That people truly do not appreciate how empty space is, how far away even the close by objects are. And they don't get that because in all of these shows, you know, you just warp to the nearest star or warp across the galaxy or use a wormhole or a stargate or whatever hyperspace. And it's like, no, I mean, first of all, we don't even know if those things exist. You know, maybe, maybe there's some future tech that'll allow us to exceed the speed of light. I doubt it, but maybe I wouldn't exclude that idea, but we don't, we can't do that right now. And we just have these, these big honking rockets and even these incredibly fast rockets, you know, it's a three day voyage to the moon, yeah. three days. Who's got right. that and time? I mean, think, think about getting in your car and, and like having to drive for three days and how mind numbingly awful that is. Yeah. Um, how boring it can be. Not if you listen um, to no, the not- Minutia men podcast <laughs> over right. and over again, you've yes. been to watch our, our binge, listen to our podcast. It wouldn't be that bad. That's true. You, you know, uh, well, that's true. Do you have enough for that that many days? Oh, I, uh, well, this is our 200th yeah. episode. <laughs> it is our 200th episode. So that's 200 hours. 200 so. hours, a little over a week. So yeah, there you go. That's good. Yeah. That'll get you there. Back. So you know, um, one thing that bothers me in popular culture, uh, you know, as far as science goes, is I always think that it's kind of unrealistic that some of these. Uh, these uh, beings can just blend in. Like my favorite Martian, um, you know, he, 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 there's no way that uh, Tim would not notice <laughs> that, you know, that Martin is really a Martian or the third rock from the sun people or the Coneheads, for instance. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, they, they would look, look we, we discriminate against people that do look like us. Think what we would do with a with a Conehead guy. <laughs> Your now, thoughts? Um <laughs> In his defense, Ray Walston, I think, may have actually been an alien. Yeah, um, yeah he, he was uh, an unusual looking man. Yeah, I loved that show when I was yeah, a kid. I did, too. Um, I remember very little about it now. Um, well, it's on YouTube, but, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you can. You know, that's it. true. That's true. Um, and uh, if um, if aliens exist, they're very unlikely to look like humans. I mean, it, it's it's the um, if you just look at Earth, like you said, um, uh, different people evolving, you know, just living in different areas on the planet 
wind up looking different. And to an alien, those differences might be subtle. Like, you know, Asians have dark hair and, and right. people who live in far, far North countries have uh, tend to be paler and blonder. And smart um, people are bald, right? Like me and you, right? That's what I've heard. Um, your brain squeezes the hair out, I believe. Is Grass the, doesn't uh, grow on a busy street, my friend. Yeah. Um, All right. That makes you guys feel better. You so, go with um, and, and so, you know, and it, there are differences between um, people who, who have lived in different areas for a long time. You eat different foods, different environments. Um, and so you have, uh, you have, you just, your body changes over many, the human body changes over many generations. And we have all, in, in, in we have all of this besides the prejudices you were talking about, of course, um, how tribal we are, how much we hate people from outside of our group. Um, I mean, some of these differences are real and they make, they make a difference, uh, over, over time. Um, but these are people who all evolved on this planet. If, if you go to another planet, uh, the pressures are going to be different. And there, there is a thing called convergent evolution where given the same circumstances, different species will evolve similar traits. Like the, the, the usual example, something like sharks and dolphins and whales, they're streamlined because they live in water. If you want to go fast through water, it's better to be, you know, very long with, with, a, with not much cross section. You don't want a lot of drag. So, so that makes sense. And some evolutionary pressures, if you're a predator, um, uh, if you, you, you know, using eyes, eyeballs are convenient. Light is all around us. And it's a great way of being able to sense your environment around you. So, um, uh, sight evolved many different times. So did, um, echolocation like with bats and dolphins, they evolved that separately, but, uh, the ability, you know, you make sound, you listen to the echoes and that lets you sort of figure out what's around you. Um, but well, who knows what the pressures are like on another planet? Maybe they'll be upright like we are so that they have uh, limbs, tentacles, whatever that they can use for tool use. Like we have our arms. Maybe it makes, I mean, it makes sense to have your central processing unit, your brain um, close to your sensory organs that minimizes the time it takes for your sensory organ to like, Oh, I hear something. I need to send that impulse to the brain. And if the brain is, you know, 50 feet away, that slows you down. If the brain is right there, that, that gives you faster reflexes. And that's, that's an advantage. So there may be things like that. Um, and so aliens may look something, you know, intelligent, if you, whatever, however you want to define that, they may look something like us. They may be bipedal or not. They may, you know, they may have limbs that they can use tools. They're, they're, they may have their sensory organs around their brain. Um, but, you know, nose in the middle, eyes on each side, bilateral symmetry, um, I don't know. They, they may well, be symmetric in totally different ways. Well, Danny Thomas had 20-20-20 vision in the Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> quote, quote was a Colac, right? Colac from Twilo, from the Dick Van Dyke But he show. had no thumbs. That's true. He did. He wow. Didn't have, he, wow. You think you're going to try to get stuff like this past me? <laughs> you have any idea who you're dealing with? Um, wow. You know, I can't remember if measles is a virus or a bacterium, but by God, I know the Dick Van Dyke show. I have never heard Dave get out-nerded on, <laughs> yeah, right, on exactly. the Dick Van Dyke yeah. show. Honey, how, how was your podcast? Don't talk to me about the podcast. Are we at this guy Oh, on? Dave. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, man. Well, well, let's take a quick break. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview will be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And a very special back to you. Not that they're not all special, Steve, but we have comedian Tom Dreesen on. And man, does he know some people. Plus, he's given me some inspiration on how to get my act together. Yeah, and that's a lot of work. 
Anyway, Tom Dreesen, he's got a new book. He's all over a Showtime series called The Comedy Store. On the next, back to you. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I know I'm going to listen. This week on Ad Friends, we horny. Oh, you going to steal my line? No, I was going to say this week on Ad Friends, and then you say we horny. Oh, I say we horny. Yeah, you say we horny. Okay. Oh, and then I could just do the ending little bit of it. <laughs> let's stand. Yeah, go, Wait, you, you can go. Actually, can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's do it. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. This week on And Friends, we horny. Listen to And Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Back to our guest on Minutia Man Celebrity Interview. It has been a, just a pleasure. Why don't you <laughs> Why don't you plug everything you've ever done in your entire life on the show right now? Where can they people uh, find you? Your books, your your whatever your shows, your uh, articles, your blog. What what what? If, if you have to plug something, what are you plugging right now? Well, let's start in the beginning. When I was six, I learned how to ride a bike. Pinewood <laughs> Derby right. back. Well, let's, let's wind it yeah. up a little bit more closer to, to modern day. Yeah. Right, right, right. You're familiar um, with the space-time continuum. We don't have an unlimited amount. <laughs> it's going to collapse right here if I say everything. Um, well, the big thing is I write the Bad Astronomy blog for Sci-Fi Wire. That's S-Y-F-Y. Uh, you can find that just by you know typing that in. Um, I, uh, I'm on Twitter as bad astronomer and Instagram possibly as the bad astronomer. I, you know, consistency is, is not something I'm really good at, uh, different handles everywhere. The best way to find everything I do. And I, and I should say I have a newsletter, um, and all of, all of this stuff is linked at about.me slash fill plate. So that's sort of the central resource. You just go there and you can click away and find all the stuff that I And it's do. not P-L-A-T-E. You've got that fancy spelling, right? For your. Yes. Your- uh, and unclear why we there is nobody in my family from France. So uh, the, the origin of, of the name is a mystery, but it's P-L-A-I-T. Okay. As in Sivu or Platt, which means, you know, braid, which is ironic given right, exactly. my hair situation. Hey, so when you're on the next time, we're going to do it the whole male palette pattern baldness. It'll be a whole baldness show. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. People will love it. And actually, yesterday was Be Bald and Be Free Day. I don't know if you were aware yeah, of that. You're both. Yeah. Bald. Oh, the pursuit of happiness. Yes. <laughs> hey, it has been great. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, and, uh, thanks for cheering us up about the asteroids hitting you, the world. You, you and made us smarter and you made all our listeners smarter just by being on our show. Thank you um, very much. We didn't even talk about solar storms. That's much more dangerous than asteroid impacts. There's nothing we can do about okay, that. Okay, so. bye. You're freaking us <laughs> <Yay>. out. <laughs> See you, Phil. Thanks, See Phil. Phil. Thanks, Phil. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, all right, all thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. 
Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Go Cougars! A boy that only eats sausage. Kids getting Corona on purpose. And my brush with Don Rickles. All that and unlimited tangents on Minutia Men. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If you missed Losano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. Yeah. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple of things that worry me about the future. I mean, I, this is, I'm getting to be an old man because it's like, I, all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have <laughs> Armenian girls having sex with black guys. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's, who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any right. sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the labeled news on it and presented like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news. Yeah. And I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know. You think God. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Glenn yeah. is a showman. I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. Yeah. I think Rush truly believes what he says that. Really? I do, I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it. And he could do it without calls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's There's very few guys can do that. Right. There's, everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. It's just like the same thing, Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> and uh, like Lou Lewis, and there's guys. I mean, literally, there are guys that you know, Tom Thompson. It's like, really, you think we're that stupid that we can't remember your name? That you have to name yourself twice? Roro, assholes. Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell. Los Ano, or whatever it's called.